morning, church. How are you today? Yeah? Hmm, that wasn't overly convincing. I mean, you're outside on a beautiful day. How are you? All right, I heard one swell. We'll go with that. Oh, hey, uh, what I want you to do is uh, take out your phones and go to windoverhills.org and then slash bulletin. You're going to have the sermon notes. I'm going to be walking through that, and there's just some uh, about the notes to be able to engage and walk along through. You don't have a screen this morning to be looking at the verses. Uh, so windoverhills.org uh, slash bulletin with no S, and that'll get you there. You'll also see uh, a bulletin with announcements and things like that. We'll go over a couple at the end. Uh, but uh, I'll give you a little time to do that. No, so uh, as you're looking that up, as you're getting there, let me tell you, next week we start a brand new sermon series. Uh, a couple times over the last couple of years we've done an at-the-movie series where we've kind of themed out around some movies and pulled some some uh, components and themes out of that. And so we're going to do that next week, but it's at the movies Family Edition starting next Sunday. We're going to kind of walk through a four-week series targeting our families and, uh, and those type of, of topics. So uh, we'll be inside because we'll do a lot with the video screen as well in those movies. So if you're comfortable joining us inside, please remember sign up for service. You'll get those links during the week. Um, if you're not quite comfortable inside yet, just make sure you join us online next week, and and uh, we'll uh, we'll have a great time for four weeks. And then we're going to come back after that series, and we're going to do an outdoor service. Normally we do church in the grass down at City Lake Park, but that's not going to be available to us. It won't be open, and so we're just going to do it right here uh, in this setting. And we'll add a couple fun features, so it's uh, not just an outdoor ser service like this, but we'll add some fun into that as well. So that's October 11th, okay, uh, for Church in the Grass. We'll be telling you more about that. Did I give you enough time to get to the sermon notes? Windoverhills.org slash bulletin. And let me just jump into this. I want to give you kind of a recap. We're talking about this book of Jude, and we've been doing this for the last several weeks. This is the last Sunday of the book of Jude. I'm just curious. Anybody jump in? I gave you a challenge at the beginning to actually read this every day. Now, I'm not going to make you confess you read it every day, all right, because that would probably be a big deal. But anybody read it about 10 times or more over this period of time? Yeah, several of you. A few of you. Yeah, all right, good, good, good. So you kind of digested that. All right, how many of you didn't read it at all? No, you don't have to. You don't have to put your hand up for that. It's okay. Let me recap where we've been in this series. Now, if you're here this morning and you would not yet say that you're a believer in Jesus Christ or a follower of Jesus Christ, you never really made that decision to say, this is the direction I'm going to go with my life, you'll have picked up already in this series that Jude is really addressing believers. It is addressing Christians. But don't let that th 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 fool you that there's not something there for you. In fact, what you need to pick up on if you're not a believer is that Jude is challenging believers how to really, truly live out the life of a believer in Jesus Christ. And sometimes we get it a little wrong, and he challenged us in a few of these areas. If you're a believer, though, you probably picked up on by now that Jude is saying, look, this is serious business. If you're going to stand up and claim to be a follower, you know, here's the areas you need to hunker down and be a real follower. And so we started out uh, remembering that He's talking about that there are actually people, these are literal human beings. We said it's more like ideas or thoughts today. But in his day, literal human beings who were coming in to disrupt, they were coming in with an agenda to actually kind of divide the church or hurt the church or to mess up the belief system of the church. That was kind of what they were after. And so Jude said, hey, be on guard of this. Make sure you're watching for this. He challenged them, make sure you're grounded in what you believe so that you recognize this as well. And then uh, you remember that, that he actually said that there is this, 
there's this righteous form of judgment that comes from God where we actually say to somebody, hey, that's wrong. It's been declared wrong. We're not going to follow that. But it looks very different than this judgment thing we have in our world where we condemn and slander and just harp on. In fact, that's what uh, Pastor Jermon last week actually picked up on, a whole sermon on, that if we want to go the way of condemnation and slander, if that's how we respond to people who might uh, come against Christian faith, then he said, you buckle up because you're in for a rough ride. If you want to give condemnation and slander, it's coming right back on you. That's just how the world works. So Pastor Jermon actually walked through last week telling us how Jude is describing a different way a different way to deal with and encounter these things. At the very beginning, what I told you is Jude actually came in the beginning of this this one-chapter book and said, I want to write to you about this. This is like my bread and butter. This is the thing that brings me great joy. But I felt like I needed to write to you about these issues that are going on. And so he did. And he was direct. And he was blunt. And at times, you know what he did? What we like to do sometimes is we like to turn and point to the world and we say, oh, this world is corrupt. This world is corrupting the church. This world is, you know, infiltrating. And in reality, what Jude is doing and what we should do today is he turned it into themselves to say, what are you living out? What is it that you're doing? Are you staying grounded in your faith? Are you letting things influence you away from God? Are you letting God be your priority? And then, uh, like a good parent, right, who says, hey, listen, i got to talk to you about something. And then, and then the parent lays on us that thing they need to bring correction to. And like a good parent, then they come back with some encouragement, right? Hey, just want to let you know I love you, buddy. You can do this. I'm behind you. You know, your mom and I love you or whatever the encouragement. He is going to come back with some encouragement for believers as well. And then we're, we're going to end the service this morning with a thing called a benediction. And if you're not familiar with that, because it doesn't happen in the contemporary church, it is the blessing that sends us out. That's kind of the benediction, what that is. And Jude actually writes in a benediction. And you might have heard this benediction actually recited at different locations, sometimes at weddings and places like that as well. But I want to send you out at the very end of the service with that benediction. All right, that's your recap. Let me jump to it. Hopefully you've had enough time to find the notes, or you've just said, I will not find the notes. So either way, I'm going from now, all right? So let's take a look at this passage. I'm going to read it, then I'm going to walk through, and we're outside, we're spread out, the humidity is starting to creep in here, all right? So a, a little more brief, but hear the punch of what Jude is saying. Here's what he says, starting in verse 17. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, In the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So let's just break this down. I think what Judah is going to give us here is he's going to give us a reminder that we've already talked about in this series. In fact, it's come up several times. And then he's going to give a reminder of a couple things that as Christians we'd kind of go like, oh, yeah, 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 I knew that. But we sometimes let drift out of our thinking. 
right? And we don't have it as a priority. Do you have anything in your life like that? You know, you just let it kind of drift and it gets out of your peripheral and then somebody brings it up and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. I knew that. I need to do that. He's going to do that with a couple points as well. Here's the first one. It's a reminder, this passage, that this has already been declared wrong. So take a look at what 17 says. It says, in the last day there'll be scoffers who will follow their own godly desires. But he says, remember what the apostles of your Lord Jesus Christ foretold. Here's what he's saying there. That we talked about this at length the first week. That these things that are going to pop up, they've already been declared wrong. So like you don't have to worry. You don't have to even debate these things will pop up, and they've already been declared by the apostles as wrong. What were the two things in particular in the book of Jude? It was people who manipulated and twisted the scripture so that they can live how they want, or it was people that actually declared Jesus just one of many ways, not the only way as Jesus had described. And so he's reminding them, look, these have been dealt with. Over and over. In fact, he actually says that they said to you, and that sounds straight past tense, right? But if you break down the original language, the Greek that this was written, and you'll actually find that this is progressive present, which means it was said and it's continued to, to be said. You know, like, I told you to take out the trash, and I'm telling you right now to take out the trash. That's kind of what's going on. He's told and continues to tell. This is a common theme from the apostles' teaching here is what he's saying, is these things that will pop up, they've already been declared wrong. So reject those thoughts. Reject those beliefs that would kind of twist and mingle in. Now, remember, we said it was literal people coming in and trying to twist that. For us, it's sometimes the ideologies that we embrace as believers and we bring into our faith trying to juggle these two things as kind of God's way, number one, and then these other things we've brought in as well. Now, he says, declared this is already wrong in advance. Now, he specifically says these things will divide. These people are seeking to divide us. So what he's saying, look, any person, any idea, any belief system that finds its way in that seeks to divide, that's a problem in the church. Now, will we agree on every single thing? No, just sit in a board meeting at some churches where they're talking about the color of the carpet, and you will find division. You know, it happens. Right, Kevin O'Connor? Yes, it happens, right? We're not going to agree on everything, but when we look at the key components of the faith, the core principles of who Jesus is and how our salvation is found in him and how we live this out, we've got to be united and stand. So any person, anything that would divide that, that needs to be addressed, is what Jude says. Now, we think sometimes, well, we should just reject that person. You know, get the heck out of here. I don't want to see you. No, it all has to be addressed. We still do it with love. He's going to actually talk about that in just a moment. But anything that would seek to divide us, any idea. Listen, we're living, if we want to put this in contemporary fashion, I mean, we're living in a time where uh, you just need to pop up an idea on social media, and you can have division that fast, right? That fast. And we've got to understand as Christians that he taught us, listen, if division happens like that, that's something in our faith. If it, if it combats our faith, that has to be looked at. It has to be addressed. And where does he keep steering us back to? The apostles' teaching, to God's word, to what did Jesus teach as well, and what did the apostles understand about that? The second thing that we see, he says, following natural instincts. You know what natural instincts is? Your gut, 
I mean, follow your gut, whatever you kind of think, right? So whatever pops in, what's your knee jerk? What, what can you reason up and conjure yourself? And if you put that in, that and follow that, he's saying, look, that's a problem too. It's almost like he's saying this, and I said it to you in, in the second week, is that sometimes we can kind of come to church, we can sing our songs, we can hear a message on the way out. You can say, hey, thanks, Pastor, for that message. Really appreciate that, that kind of thing. And we could actually walk out and still live in our own reasoning, kind of not, not thinking about God's word, not thinking about what would God lead us to, not even considering that first. And it's like we've created a form of Christianity that doesn't actually need Jesus Christ at all. And we try to live that out. And he's saying, look, if we just follow our natural instincts. Now, here's the beautiful thing is the more we're engaged in God's word, the more we're learning about God, the more that we're surrendering to that, his spirit speaking to us, our natural instincts start to get very mirrored to God and to his ways. Remember uh, Colossians 2.8, it says uh, that not to be held captive by an empty or hollow philosophy, but he says things that were according to human tradition or basic teaching of this world. So don't get captive to those things that are human tradition. And then Jude is just telling us, look, if those two things, it basically, those two things are a witness. They're evidence that we're not walking in the spirit. Now, I had this conversation after the first week with somebody when it says they do not have the spirit. And uh, so this turned theological, our discussion. What well, does that mean? Like you, you never got the Holy Spirit when you became a believer or the Holy Spirit left you at some point? Well, there's a, a lot of intricacies of that theology that people like to debate. But that's not really the point that Jude's getting at. What Jude is really saying here is you're not living by the prompting of the Spirit. When you look to divide, or when you look to do anything that will divide. When you choose just to live on your natural instincts, not seeking God and God's ways first. He's saying you're not living by the Spirit. And so Jude's making a priority to understand that Christians should follow and live by the Spirit. That we've talked about the first couple weeks. Here's something new that Jude's reminding us. To reminder, it's a reminder to ground yourself deeper in your faith. Like Jude is saying, look, here's the thing to overcome all that I've talked about. Ground yourself deeper. Get deeper in your faith. Right? You go to the doctor, right? And you got these little nagging things or these health things or, you know, um, last time I was in the doctor, I mean, the doctor literally says, you know, you know, you know, those extra pounds might be attributing to this too. And I'm like, thank you, doctor. <laughs> Thanks. You know. But doctors will say things like, hey, think about your nutrition and maybe some exercise as well. We hear those things over and over and over again, right, in different things that ail us. This is Jude's way of saying, look, I want to remind you to ground yourself deep in your faith. Ground yourself in building up your faith. This is what he says, verse 20. But you, dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Building yourself up. Keep building. That's what he's saying there. Listen, when I was in high school, well, it was really middle school, you know, I was a skateboarder. Now, I know you don't look at me and think skateboard, or maybe you do. I don't know, but... But I was a skateboarder. I was into that kind of thing. And so I had the hair, the skater way, except for uh, I couldn't wear my hair long for baseball. So we shaved a cut two inches all the way around so I could put it up in my hat and it looked short. But then, you know, the skater hair would flop down when I took off the hat. So that was that was our style. And we skated a bit. But listen, today you probably would laugh if I said, hey, you know, I'm a skater. 
you know, still, like, at this day, I'm a skater. You're like, You're I've never seen you on a skateboard. I can't imagine you on a skateboard. I need to have 911 on standby if you got on a skateboard. I mean, you would think about it that way. And you know what? You'd be right. You'd be right. So when we look at this, uh, what he's challenging us, look, is if you don't stay built up in your faith, if you don't stay grounded in God's word, if you don't stay practicing your faith, then really what he's saying is in a similar way, like, you 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 don't really look like a Christian. Like, you're not really living out a Christian life. Again, if we get theological, some have said, well, hey, I want to, uh, you know, I'd like to argue that, Pastor, because you can't lose your salvation. Somebody else says, oh, you can lose your salvation. Somebody, oh, no, nobody can snatch you from God's hand. Somebody else says, oh, you can be cut off, you know, and you're using different scripture. That's not the point. Theo uh, theologically, uh, uh, excuse me, theology is not what Jude is arguing. What he's saying here is, if you don't stay built up in your faith, you will lose the effectiveness of your Christian life. All that God has to offer in this Christian life, for you, all that you have to offer others, you will lose that effectiveness if you don't stay built up, growing in your faith. I was out with my, my daughter, and, and I, I actually, we, we've been going to McDonald's every morning before school for like discipleship, before we go to school. And I, and I said last time, I said, all right, help me on my sermon. And we walked through this passage, and I asked her a couple things, and we batted around. And I said, well, do the apostles still speak to us? Like Jude says, listen to the apostles. And, and she kind of came back with kind of a joking, you know, like, yes, they speak to me in dreams, you know. Uh, and so we, we, we laughed a little bit. But that question is before us. Like, do the apostles still speak to us? Absolutely. How do they speak to you? How do they speak to I? To I? Me? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Right? Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, we're in it, right? And Revelation. They speak to us today, constantly, have this message to share. Jesus shares it. The apostles pick up on what they heard and they share it continually. And so think of how just silly it is for us as believers not to ground ourselves and be in this all the time hearing what the apostles are telling us and speaking to us about. Listen, if we limit that to what I get when I come to church and Pastor Tom's going to read a passage or two, maybe the praise team's going to slip a passage in, we're going to sing a scripture, we'll never get built up in our faith. And so we read God's word. We get in there and hear what the apostle is saying. Here's the second thing. This is going to be the most duh statement I say to, to believers. You actually do what God's word says to do. Like we actually live out what God's word says. Listen, last week, if you didn't hear, Pastor Jermon challenged us. He said, look, the way we respond as believers when somebody comes against us or when somebody quotes something or posts something or something that we're like, oh, that's frustrating. We, we don't slander. Like, that's not God's way. Like, God actually tells us, look, condemnation and slander, that's not, that's not your job. Like, no, no slandering at all. But even judgment, that comes from the Lord. He challenges us. Listen, if you want to own that and do what God's word teaches us, that's one right there to put into place and live out. That's tough. It's tough. Because the knee jerk for a lot of us is just a uh, aggressive right back at somebody. Here's a couple things I think we need to quit with. One is this. Quit with the yeah buts. 
you know what yeah but is? You know, when you say, like, yeah, I, I know I should do that, but I need to do that, but. And there's all kinds of buts that come out of that, right, afterwards. We say it's hard. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. The Christian faith sometimes is so countercultural. And it's not designed to go out and say, I'm going to find a way to offend everyone by living. No, it's not what it's about. But it's countercultural to live out. It doesn't make sense all the time. To love deeply your enemies and those who are persecuting you, excuse me, to live that out, to say, that's hard, right? To choose joy, as James chapter 1, verse 2 tells us, even in the midst of difficulty, that's hard. But what of it? So it's hard. What about it? We are, in, we are empowered with the God of the universe. We are empowered with Christ. We're empowered with the Holy Spirit who is actually sent to dwell in you. That kind of power. And that greater is he that is in you than he is where? In the world. So it's hard, yeah. So it's hard. Live it out still. You are empowered to live it out. I don't have the time. I mean, I just don't really have the time to do this kind of stuff. It sounds great. You know what we're really saying when we don't have the time? We're not saying we don't have the time. We're simply saying this, and I fall into the same trap. We're saying it's not of priority. It's not of priority. I mean, if you took right now for the rest of this year and you said, okay, I'm not going to say the phrase, that's too expensive. But instead, you're going to say the phrase, I'm not going to prioritize spending my money that way. Like that will change your perspective huge on, on things that have to do with money. But when we look at our faith and we look at living out our faith, whether it's getting ourselves to church to be encouraged and built up, or whether it's getting in God's word and, and looking and being impacted, or whether it's saying, you know, look, I got to get outside myself and I got to serve people. To say I don't have time is simply a way of us saying it's not of priority to me, not of priority to my family. Oh, it might be sixth or seventh or eighth, so it finds its way on the list. But Jude is challenging us to build up our faith and find priority. The other quit is the I know approach. You know the I know approach? You know, when you say to your kids, you know, something like, hey, you need to get that out, you know, before 7 o'clock, and they respond, I know, I know, I know. But then you don't see any movement. Does that drive you crazy as parents? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, in my head, I don't know where I picked it up, but the, but the whole I know is like you really don't know if you don't do. Like that's kind of what, you know, if you don't, if you don't do, if, then you really didn't know, right? Um, now, I, that may break down somewhere. I don't know. But uh, as a parent, you know, that's kind of what we're thinking. We do this often in our faith. Like, I know. I know what I should do. I know I need to do that. Judah's challenging us, like, hey, let's, let's quit with the I know approach. Just do. Live it out. Test this faith. The other way of building up our faith is to engage in Christian community. Listen, get yourself to church. I'm not talking about if you're, if you're not comfortable right now being indoors. We're in a unique time with, with this virus. And we have to manage and kind of juggle every, where everybody's comfort level is. But you get to church online then. Or you find a way to, you know, to, to get close to someone else and do church. Or you get yourself here. Or when we do an outdoor, you come and you engage in Christian community. Six feet is not that far away to be able to talk to somebody and engage in community with somebody. I mean, think about engaging in Christian community where you just walk up to somebody and just say, hey, I don't think I know you. I'm Tom. And you have opened up the doorway for community and connection. 
impossible friendship. Get to a small group. In fact, this is the week that you're going to get an email where you can sign up for a group. Now, we're still figuring out what all those will look like, but we'll do online groups and we'll do in-person groups. And this week you can sign up to say, put me in an online group or put me in a, uh, an in-person group. And then we'll come back and we'll say, hey, here's the groups available now that we got them squared away. And you can tell us which one works best for you. But engage in that. Serve somewhere. I, I realize that there are, uh, you know, some uniqueness in how we can serve now. But there are so many opportunities to get out and serve. In fact, right now, we're still looking for three of you to do spaghetti sauce for the lot lunch next week. Three batches of spaghetti sauce so we can go up and serve. And one person that would be willing to go up and actually serve along with the rest that it served. Like engage in those things. It builds Christian community. That's the second reminder, to ground yourself in your faith. Here's the final one. The reminder that our job is to lead others to Jesus. So this is really interesting. It kind of hit me sideways when I was reading Jude. He talks about this, you know, the beware, be on guard because there are people that are coming in. They have snuck their way into the church and they are coming in with a purpose to actually disrupt and divide and destroy the church. Be on guard on those ideas. He's facing that. And then he turns to Christians and say, look, you got to live out your faith. If you actually choose to live that same way, the way you're being attacked, then you're no different. See, challenging. But then this wonderful passage here where he actually flips it and he says this in verse 22, be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. I mean, what does he say? Like, now think about your mission. Judah's reminding him, your job is to witness Jesus Christ, to share Jesus Christ with other people. The first one there is to love people far from God. Be merciful do you remember what he just said before that? He just spoke before that in verse 16 about the mercy you have been shown by God. And the next verse, be merciful, or excuse me, a couple of verses after that, be merciful to those who doubt. To those who don't believe, those who would not today say they're believers in Jesus Christ, be merciful to them. Show them the same approach that God has shown you in your life. Love people far from God. This is so significant. Listen, if our knee jerk is to push back like we heard last week, a condemnation or slander, we'll never be effective in sharing Jesus Christ with anyone. Then he says, intentionally seek to lead people to Christ. He says, save others by snatching them from the fire. Like, intentionally go find people that you're going to share Jesus Christ with. Can I just stop for a second? Listen, believers, if you're a believer out there, this is just something that as Christians— We've just, we've just fallen down on. We've struggled. I don't know if we've got the vision of somebody standing on a, you know, a podium on a street corner and just, just hurling it out, and we're like, I don't want to do anything like that. You know, you don't have to. In fact, we're never told you have to do that. But we are told to share and intentionally seek to lead people to Christ. Now, I know for many of you, like if you're sitting here, if you were honestly to share out loud, you would say, Tom, honestly, I don't know how to lead somebody to Christ. I just don't know how to do it. Here's what I want to ask that you do, if this is you. I want to ask that if you would take your phone, if you don't already have my phone number in your phone, I want to encourage you, whether you're online or here, to punch in 336-880-8852. And I want you to text me. 
You can do it right now. I want you to text me and say, I want to learn how to lead someone to Christ. And I will take the time to come to you and we'll sit and talk about how to lead somebody. You won't be manipulating anyone. It's no, it's no like con game. It is intentionally loving people, building relationships, and then I will teach you how to verbally share your story of your encounter with Jesus Christ as well. You take your phone, 336-880-8852, and just text and tell me. I'd love to spend that time with you and help you in how to share your faith with other people. And here's the final thing. Be a witness that leads people to Jesus. He says, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. He says, look, live out that righteous life we've been talking about. Live out holiness. There's nothing wrong with that. The word righteousness or the word holiness does not mean legalism. We don't have to fear that. It's just simply living out our faith, living it out in everything we do, pulling back from sin that would corrupt. Be a witness to people. Here's the takeaway this morning. A couple questions quickly to ask. First is this. Will you prioritize building up your faith? Will you make that one of the number one priorities of your faith, that you will build up your faith? Every day, making that a priority. Some of you, every day, you work on building up your body or your muscles or that type of thing. So, you, you know, you might be a gym person or a running person, you crazy people that like to run, you know. And every day, you'll work on building that up. Like, some of you just love to read. You'll pick up the most crazy nonfiction kind of stuff on, you know, science and mechanical stuff. Because you're constantly wanting to build up that side of your brain and learn new things. For some of you, you've got some hobby, right? And you just go out and you work that hobby all the time. You bowl, you golf, you know, you go do something like that, and you're building up that. Can I ask you, will you prioritize building your faith? Even more than those things, building up. And finally, will you prioritize leading others to Jesus? If you read the New Testament, you will come off with some dominant themes. Some themes about love and how we love people things about living out our faith, and you will see this theme of sharing Jesus with other people. It's found in just about every book multiple times in the New Testament. Will you prioritize leading others to Jesus? Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for this whole book of Jude. We thank you for what it's taught us and what we've walked through during this time. And Lord, if there be anything that that we've just slept on a little bit. Anything that we're like, I don't know, it sounds right, but I'm just, I just don't want to take that aspect serious. Lord, would we reinvestigate the value of that for our Christian life? How important it is in this small book of 25 verses. And I'm praying for dynamic testimonies that would come out of this passage that you've been teaching us the last several weeks. We pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen.